1: This is Chris Gunty of the Catholic Review. Welcome to Catholic Review Radio. With us today on the show is Father Matthew Keller, and we will be talking about a unique program in the Diocese of Gallup, New Mexico, called V8s for Vocations. Father Matthew Keller is pastor of four churches in the Cibola County Catholic community, including St. Teresa of Avila Parish in Grants, New Mexico, which is along Interstate 40, roughly midway between Gallup and Albuquerque. The Diocese of Gallup encompasses more than 55,000 square miles. It's a large part of northwestern New Mexico, as well as northeastern Arizona. A big chunk of that is Navajo territory, and the diocese primarily serves Native American and Hispanic populations and it's also considered one of the poorest dioceses in the country. And to give you an idea of that scope of 55,000 square miles, the Archdiocese of Baltimore, which encompasses most of the state of Maryland, the Diocese of Gallup is 11 times bigger in square miles than the Archdiocese of Baltimore. So that just gives you an idea of just how big a territory they cover. Welcome to the show, Father Keller.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much. Glad to be with you. Well,
1: Using V8s for vocations, volunteers restore classic cars, and the Diocese of Gallup raises money for seminary education. How and when did V8s for vocations get started?
2: Yeah, so about, uh, I guess it would be six or seven years ago now, um, uh, we got started, and I was the vocations director at the time, and uh, we started uh, you know, having a few guys to send to seminary, and uh, because of our situation financially, we just we're struggling to afford to send them, and so uh, a, a layperson, actually, he's the now the Supreme Secretary for the Knights of Columbus, named Pat Mason, and I were talking, and and he knew about my interest in cars, and at the time we were looking for some little projects for seminarians, you know, when they were home for Easter or summer or something, uh, just to create some, you know, a little bit of a bond, make sure they weren't afraid to get their hands dirty, all that kind of stuff, and. Uh, you know to prepare them for pastoral life, and uh, so we were kind of discussing that, and it occurred to me that uh, I have a background in marketing uh, that we could use it as a fundraiser rather than just a, a formational project, and so that was the the impetus. We had a, a card donated; it was a seventy two uh, SS uh, Chevelle Chevelle SS, and. Uh, so I'm a car guy from way back. I had training, uh, Votech training when I was in high school. Uh, half days at the the college uh, Votech program from my high school, and so we dove in and just uh, decided we would try to restore a car and raffle it. And we had great success getting volunteers, uh, some of my uh, buddies from from Gallup, uh, local car guys, and. Mm-hmm. Even acquired a mentor, which was a great, uh, great help for me. Uh, Just a a veteran car builder, uh, hot rod builder in Gallup, took me under his wings. And so that really guided the program. And so we had a professional uh, painter. We had a professional um, uh, transmission rebuilder, a professional engine builder, and a mentor besides. (laughs) And then just other volunteers. So it went so well. That, the very first year, once everything was said and done, we we had you know paid for all the materials and you know things that we had to, to outsource. Uh, when it was all said and done, we were able to give the diocese one hundred and forty thousand dollars after the raffle. That's great. <laughs> so, as you can imagine, for us, that's uh, yeah, that's just you know the moon. So the bishop was very uh, happy about that and intent that we would continue this. <laughs> and so yes. We did and, and we just started acquiring other cars. Some donated, some we purchased, every kind of situation you can imagine. And everything from finished cars to things that we had to drag home, you know. And uh so we had all kinds of projects. And uh the ones that we've completely done restorations on were just the 72 Chevelle and a 69 Firebird convertible. Besides those cars, all the other ones have been uh more finished uh products and we have some complete rebuilds that are still in process one is a 66 mustang convertible and we have a a 71 barracuda up our sleeve i hope someday they can finish that a lot of interesting and innovative things the knights of columbus jumped in and helped us uh one year they took all the uh hanging panels that in other words the panels you can take off of a car Mm -hmm. the hood and the trunk lid and the doors and sent them to I was the state chaplain for the Knights, so we made a competition, and and different areas of the state took home panels, had them refinished and brought back, and we had a a competition. Whoever uh, did the best job of presenting that got $1,000 for their vocations program. We've had so many combinations of of interesting uh, cooperation in the thing, and it's just been really uh, uh, joyful process you know of course it's the hard work you're out there in february busting you know you know spot welds or something it's not yeah. too fun but no. uh you know in the cold garage but it's, it's been so fun and, and successful last year uh i think we sold around twelve thousand tickets last year so that translated to you know an income of uh, around thir- uh, three hundred thousand Um, there were some expenses it was a car we bought and you know there's advertising and that but sure. all the proceeds all the profits go to the vocations, uh, for, you know, for tuition and, and room and board that kind of stuff for just for seminarians. So Mm -hmm. that part of it is, is really nice.
1: So let's talk about that element. The diocese of Gallup has three seminarians, according to your, your webpage. Uh, can you tell us some of the success stories that you had with supporting seminarians and priests with this program?
2: Well, sure. One of the things is that first of all, being able to, you know, to accept, um, men in in this situation without getting them into debt right this is a a quandary for almost every diocese um you know can you afford really uh you know to pay for tuition uh for men on the early part of that scale because you know a, a lot of guys will test the waters to go to seminary um but you know how you know how how many can you afford to do i mean can you have 100 guys go and and right. just to go and see at the seminary and pay their tuition not really so um what it allows us to do though is uh you know propose a plan uh in which um you know men uh, if they if they have to incur any uh debt at the college uh into the program early on that when they get ordained, all that's assumed by the diocese and paid off. Right. So, but in their theological studies, uh, the diocese pays you know, all of it, but we pay their tuition. Now we're able to do that in the college as well. Um, and so it, what it enables us to do is help men, uh, jump in, test the water, uh, without incurring, you know, crushing debt. Right. Um, and so we're able to pay their tuition, it opens the front gate a little wider than it used to be. Like right? there was some, you know, fear early on for guys. I remember back when I started, there was a worry about, you know, um, how am I going to support myself for in these years when I have no, uh, you know, I, I separate myself from any income and
1: no income, all expenses, all expense, and yeah, and
2: you know, no real, you know, like if you go to if you just tough it out for you know four years in in your college you know, you can work in whatever field, but there's an added element in the life of the church, which is discernment, right? You don't just decide you're going to be a priest, right? Uh, the church has a big role in, in that making that call, right? They discern with you over the years and, you know, if you're faithful and and so forth. But, um, you know, often uh, guys will, you know, come along and discover that, oh, they're called to something else. Well, You know, we want them to be, you know, then be our patrons and and cheerleaders and not people that go away with a bad taste in their mouth because they have some crushing debt for having tested the water. That's not what we want. Right.
1: Right. Right. And you find out that there's there's a lot of guys who uh, have spent time in the seminary. I'm one. I had four years of uh, high school seminary and three years of college seminary but i ended up in full time ministry yeah. you know in the catholic press so there's a lot of people who go through seminary realize they're not called to be a priest right. and yet serve the church in other ways
2: which is exactly my philosophy about it and I, I believe my you know my bishop and and you know i think the whole program we have has this idea right that everyone who goes to seminary is going to benefit from the formation and the education that they receive there and then, you know, it becomes a, a matter of helping them find ways to use that for, to benefit the church, right, um, in the long run. And so, you know, the church is better off in just about every case, right, because the the, the men who go to seminary are going to receive some excellent, you know, formation and, uh, you know, and education that's going to be with them for the rest of their life, right? And it's I think it benefits the church when men go and try and, and, you know, it builds up the seminary community. Uh, so I'm, you know, if, if somebody is sincere, um, that's most of it right there for me and I'm very willing to help them go, you know, whether they're sure about their vocation or not, that comes, there's guys that are getting, you know, uh, far along in their, in their d- uh, discernment before they're, before they're con- you know convinced about that one way or the other. The way you know for sure, some people have asked me, how did you know for sure? I knew for sure when the bishop laid his hands on my head, right? Uh, that's when I knew, absolutely. There you go. But I was all in, you know, once I went to seminary. So, you know, I just, you know, we just have we assume that guys go there with goodwill and we try to help them discern. And I think the church benefits from men getting that formation, period. Period.
1: And that's why it's great that V8s for Vocations is there to help them, at least with the financial part of that. So after the break, we're going to talk some more with Father Matthew Keller of the Diocese of Gallup, New Mexico, and we're going to find out about this year's prize car in the V8s for Vocations raffle. This is Chris Gunty, and you're listening to Catholic Review Radio.
3: Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. In response to nursing shortages growing more critical every year in Maryland, the leaders of Notre Dame of Maryland University in Baltimore and Mount St. Mary's University in Emmitsburg have signed a partnership to enable graduates of Mount St. Mary's to earn their nursing degrees. To announce the new program, leaders from the two universities gathered for a ceremonial signing of the Memorandum of Understanding in the Nursing Simulation Lab at Notre Dame on April 25th. Citing Maryland Hospital Association statistics, Notre Dame's president, Mary Lou Yam, noted that one in four hospital nursing positions is currently vacant and more than 13,000 additional registered nurses will be needed by 2035. The new program will enable life sciences students graduating from Mount St. Mary's to earn a Bachelor's of Science degree in nursing at Notre Dame in 15 months. They will be able to study either at the main campus in North Baltimore or at the hybrid campus in Elkridge. New graduates will then be qualified to sit for their registered nursing licensing exam. Mount St. Mary's participates in similar partnerships, including one with Shenandoah University in Winchester, Virginia. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. A funeral mass was celebrated April 29th at St. Mary's in Cumberland for former Speaker of Maryland's House of Delegates, Casper R. Taylor, Jr. Taylor, a frequent supporter of Catholic legislative concerns in state government and a former member of the administrative board of the Maryland Catholic Conference, died April 24th. He was 88. One of the longest-serving speakers of the House in Maryland history, the Western Maryland native, held the powerful post from 1994 to 2003. He was first elected to the House of Delegates in 1974. Baltimore Archbishop William E. Lori called Taylor a dedicated public servant who listened to the concerns of the Catholic community on a wide range of issues. Richard J. Dowling, former executive director of the Annapolis-based Maryland Catholic Conference, remembered Taylor as, quote, an uncompromising advocate for people in need, a strong opponent of capital punishment, and someone who understood and abided by the connection between faith and public policy, end quote. As Speaker, Taylor was a strong advocate for improving health care and public education. He was a supporter of a program that provides state funding for non-religious textbooks and other resources in non-public schools. In a 2007 interview with the Catholic Review, he said he was most proud of his, quote, One Maryland, unquote, initiative. Designed to help struggling parts of the state, One Maryland provides tax credits for businesses that invest in places like Baltimore City, the Eastern Shore, and Western Maryland. For more on this story, visit CatholicReview.org. For Catholic Review Media, I'm Kevin Parks.
1: With inviting surroundings, complete independence, and an unmatched quality of life, Mercy Ridge is the unparalleled choice for your retirement lifestyle. It's a way of living that promotes an active, healthier life. Located in Timonium, Maryland, Mercy Ridge Continuing Care Retirement Community features a beautifully landscaped 32-acre campus. The grounds, dining, and recreational amenities and residences are designed to provide a gracious lifestyle and a variety of exciting activities. Visit mercyridge.com.
0: This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio.
1: We're back on Catholic Review Radio talking with Father Matthew Keller, the founder of V8s for Vocations, an annual fundraiser in the Diocese of Gallup, New Mexico that supports seminary and education. Father Keller, this year's V8s for Vocations prize looks like a beauty. Full disclosure, I already bought a raffle ticket, so I hope I win. But I guess there's others who are welcome to try. You know, my my wife uh, talks about the fact that her mom had a 1957 uh, Chevy like this. So what is this year's car? Okay. Where did it come from? And and tell us about how, what you needed to do to get it ready.
2: Right. So this car is a 1957 uh, Chevrolet. It's a 210 uh, post car. So it's uh it's outfitted with all the trim for a Bel Air, so Bel Air is a very similar uh, looking car that was just you know a different trim level, and so this one somewhere along the way, um somebody decided to dress up a 210, so it's the same car but it's been completely restored, and uh, my my mentor uh, there in in Gallup, uh, Ted Gonzalez, this is a car that he. Um, that he built, we say, uh, meaning that he restored it and it's it's a resto mod is a a style of rebuilding a car that aims to make it um, restored but modified a, a, in a more modern uh, fashion. And so this car
1: um, right has
2: uh, you know four-wheel disc brakes, power steering, air conditioning. A
1: 1957 Chevy would not have had. But disc brakes and air conditioning and power steering.
2: No. <laughs> so you could probably get one with AC, but it would have been a pretty, you know, that system was pretty primitive. This is a style that's, you know, made for these cars. Uh, you know, it's aftermarket. And, uh, but it also has fuel injection. So, you know, it's in, intended to, you know, start and drive like a new car, a newer, much newer uh, kind of vehicle, right? And has the like the the gauges they look similar to the the classic ones but they're electronic so a lot of uh, modifications and it's beautiful it's it's a, a has a a white paint but it's a white leather interior uh with uh tan is the the uh is the contrasting color in the carpet and and uh, the dash and so forth it's just it's gorgeous and uh the the thing about it was we uh we acquired the car from the men that uh, Ted built it for and so it's a local car which we love because we know the whole history of the car has been in Gallup forever and like I said uh our my mentor is the guy who you know tore it apart and rebuilt it so we've done uh I think uh, just a little bit of stuff to uh right to you know just uh dial it in as we say um some little tuning issues and that kind of stuff to get it uh you know ready to to run and drive just exactly as you would dream that it would. And it's just a gorgeous, gorgeous car.
1: Well, you can check it out at V8sforvocations.org and, and take a look at it and buy your tickets there. Father Keller, last year you received the Knights of Columbus first ever Blessed Michael McGivney medal for a Knights chaplain whose priestly zeal and exemplary service are in the finest traditions of the Order's founder, uh, who is uh, you know now Blessed Michael McGivney. There are some connections to Baltimore since Father McGivney was educated for the priesthood and ordained in Baltimore, and our own Archbishop William Laurie as Supreme Chaplain presented the award to you. The award highlighted your support for vocations, your dedication to the Eucharist, and your ministry to the sick, especially during uh, the COVID pandemic.
2: What did that award mean for you? That award came as a, uh, just a tremendous surprise and blessing for me. It's one of those God things. I'm a, a person who grew up uh, listening to uh, all. Uh, in my household, we were very diverse in the music we listened to. We had country and western, both kinds of music. <laughs> <laughs> I got to receive that award on the stage of the Grand Ole Opry, which was amazing. Oh, that's neat. yeah. So that was fantastic. But uh, you know, the meaning of it for me is, uh, of course, I have you know as a, a Knight of Columbus. And as a state chaplain for a long time, I have a you know, great devotion to Father McGivney. But more than that, uh, when I was uh, ill and very close to death in in the hospital, uh, the the men uh, Patrick Mason, who's now the supreme uh, secretary for the Knights of Columbus, brought a relic of Blessed Michael McGivney to the parish uh, cathedral where I was rector at the time. And I was in the hospital for five weeks and I'd never had a visitor because they wouldn't let anybody in except to give last rites, which is how I acquired, that's how I got COVID. And so the priest um, who was there, Father Mitchell Brown, Pat was there in the office. The phone call came from the hospital while he was standing in the office with the relic. So Father took the relic with him and gave me last rites i was uh, the, the, the doctors assumed that i was done for and uh, so he gave me last rites and then also blessed me with the relic of father mcgivney and um you know i lived to talk about it so i consider um you know the intercession of father mcgivney along with of course the the sacrament of uh you know of the anointing of the sick and, and uh you know in in the form of extreme unction uh that Pulled me back to this side of the curtain, and so um, I later found out something I didn't know about Father McGivney, which is that we share the same birthday, uh, August the twelfth. Oh, Anthony! Yeah, and so he's always been a a patron of mine. I didn't realize he was my day patron, right? Because he wasn't on the calendar growing up and everything. Of course, that was still true of it, you know, my whole life. So I found a new connection with him, and I have now a chapel dedicated uh to blessed michael mcgivney and the bishop is going to come and visit it uh, when it comes this weekend it's a it's new so the knights have their overnight adoration every first friday and we're going to start having it in the new chapel
1: named for father mcgivney that's a neat neat thing so what's next for vh vocations i understand there's going to be a new fundraiser that will raise funds for priests health care in the diocese of gallup what's that going to look like
2: so uh yeah, you're stretching me past uh, the point of my knowledge. Uh, this uh, in the last months or so, I had a new assignment uh, away from Gallup, and so uh, the the Catholic People's Foundation, uh, which has always done the 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 uh, kind of all of the work behind the scenes with the the uh, VAs for vocations, um, have now um are working on you know some other ideas that they have and so i honestly don't know the details of that so i can't help you with that uh information sorry
1: that's all right uh what i've been told so far is that they're gonna uh basically uh raffle off an entire beef cow uh-huh. uh and that and and so that you'll you'll be able to uh you know a, a beef a beef cow who's that's grown in uh in new mexico and that uh, folks will be able to to buy raffle tickets to be a part of that. So that should be kind of interesting.
2: You're right about that. I I, 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 I didn't know something about the beef raffle. Um, I don't think I knew exactly where it was going. I'm glad to hear that it's going for, uh, so you're informing me actually, <laughs> as a piece of the advice, that's great.
1: <laughs> well, when will this year's V8s for vocations drawing be held and how can people get raffle tickets for that beautiful 1957 Chevy?
2: Sure. Thanks for that question. So the the drawing will be held on June the 10th uh, and uh, it takes place at uh, Sacred Heart Cathedral and we uh, typically air that at the same time live stream it. So uh, v8spervocations.org is the website. V8 so uh, capital V the letter 8 s f o r vocations. So v 8 org. Um, and those tickets are $25. If you win, uh, the, the, the Catholic people's foundation pays the the prize taxes. So you win the car for $25, which is a great part of this uh, raffle, right? We've always made sure that anybody who wins the, the car can afford to, to accept it. Uh, they don't have to pay the, the taxes on it. That's built into the raffle. And so $25, we pay the, the taxes and the raffle is June the 10th, and you can see it uh, and get more information by your tickets at v8forvocations.org.
1: We have been talking with Father Matthew Keller about V8 for Vocations and the Diocese of Gallup, New Mexico. Thank you so much for being with us today, Father Keller.
2: Great talking to you, Chris. God bless you.
1: This is Chris Gunty of the Catholic Review, and you've been listening to Catholic Review Radio. Tune in next week.
2: You're probably not getting much church news in your daily newspaper
0: or on your local TV station. The Catholic Review is the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the Catholic Church full-time. There
2: are so many ways to stay in touch with the Catholic Review. Pick up the monthly magazine
0: at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to our e-newsletter
2: for twice-weekly updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Catholic Review Media will inspire, teach, inform, and engage you wherever your faith takes you. Read it today in print or online at
1: catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. Tune in to Catholic Review Radio next week. Available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM. Also, WSJF 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area and WVTO 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app.
0: Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead...